How he's been able to grow to almost 3 million followers on TikTok. How he learned to connect well with the audience. How he's working on, quote, turning off and being more in the present moment and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 303 with country singer and songwriter Cooper Allen. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. Before hopping into the episode, I want to tell you about my brand new daily, weekly, and monthly planner and video course called The Best Journey Planner. In this course, you'll learn how to slightly improve in all seven pockets of your life, which are health, relationships, career, financial, personal, spiritual, and other. And you're also going to learn how to spike in one of them at all times. You're going to learn how to define success in all of these areas every single month, and then you're going to boil it down to what it looks like on a weekly and daily basis. I could not be more stoked that this planner is finally released. All you have to do is go to go.nickcarrier.com slash the best journey planner. Again, go.nickcarrier.com slash the best journey planner. But for now, let's dive into the episode. I could not be more pumped today to bring you the one and only Cooper Allen. Cooper is a guy that has blown up on social media over this past year. He's grown to over 2.9 million followers on TikTok, around 250,000 on Instagram, and it's only growing rapidly on a daily basis. Like the time that I'm recording this intro, it's already probably at 3 million, it's already probably a lot more. And this just isn't by chance. This is one of the most talented singers that I've ever seen here in the Music City. All you have to do is follow him on social media to see his TikToks to know how special this guy truly is. At the young age of 25, he's been hitting the ground running and has really started to make a splash in the music scene here in Nashville. Before diving into the interview, be sure you're subscribing to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever it is that you listen and watch. And be sure you share this episode with a friend while you're listening. All you got to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And then make sure you want to follow me on Instagram at carrier underscore best you and follow Cooper at Cooper Allen Music. And you want to follow him on TikTok as well at CooperAllen1. And let us know what you think of the episode. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Cooper Allen. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I am super fired up to have the one and only Cooper Allen with me today. Cooper, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Dude, it's a freaking pleasure, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, man, I've been looking looking forward to this one for a long time. Um, I went to your show, like I said, a few weeks ago at Wild Horse Saloon, and I think that's the first time that I've seen you live, and I was super impressed by the way that you interacted with the audience, and that's what everybody who I was with kind of acknowledged and talked about so uh super impressed uh, i just want to say that right off the bat well thank you man i, I like the compliments right <laughs> off the get-go gas me up a little bit of course of course uh well cooper you're 25 years old and you're a singer-songwriter here in nashville and you started to uh you just talked about how you just actually had a facetime with colt ford which is yeah. which is super cool so you, you definitely started to gain some traction here pretty early on in your career especially on, on social media you started to gain a lot of traction what has been the biggest pro and the biggest con with maybe gaining a lot of traction on social media here kind of early on in your career? You know, the biggest pro is honestly everything. I mean, it's like 
this whole TikTok thing in the past year has created a platform where as an independent artist, I can, without having to spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in marketing campaigns or have a bunch of connections or any of that stuff, I can organically reach fans. And if they like it, they go and follow. And not only do they follow there, they go and buy your music, stream your music. Uh, we'll kind of see in the next year if they buy tickets and all that stuff. So, I mean, the biggest pro is I've been able to create, to have, to have real fans, which, yeah. you know, before this, you had Instagram, Facebook, but, you know, it was still really driven a lot by radio and editorial playlists, you know, on the platforms and all that stuff. But now it's kind of leveled the playing field a little bit, yeah. um, which has been awesome for me. Um, and I'm lucky that's where I've kind of put my time in the past year. A con, I guess... Um, you know, I'm addicted to social media yeah. and I, I, I freaking live on my phone and now work is all on my phone. So it's like, when do you turn it off? You know, some days are like, I just know my girlfriend is looking at me like, what is going on? Like you're addicted to your phone. And I'm right. like, it's work, I promise. But like, you got to learn to put it down at some point. So that whole thing has been kind of difficult to toe the line there, yeah. but slowly you figure it out. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I think, you know, everybody has that struggle with looking at their phone obviously yours is a little bit different how do you how are you working on it like how are you strategically trying to organize your time specifically to work on to be on there for work versus not be on there for work yeah so usually when i'm on there it, it is for work um i rarely scroll through social media just for like looking at what people are doing or, or what most people look at it for i'm usually on there trying to either come up with ideas for something or post something or work on content. And, and it's easier said than done, but I try to tell myself now, I pick like a cutoff time at the beginning of the day. I'll say, you know, I'll look at my schedule, what I got to do for the day. And I'll say, try to just really cut it off by like seven or something. You know, after you post your stuff, just get off of it. Some days I can hold myself to that. Some days, not so much, but um, I definitely try to not really look at it when I'm in the writing room doing that because it just kind of takes away from that creative space. I definitely don't look at it while I work out, which is which is my nice escape. But yeah, it, it's it's a process. Yeah, no doubt. You know, daily thing, you always always kind of try to find that balance. But um, one of the things that, you know, I feel like gave, gave you some traction on social media is doing your mashups. Yeah. And that's something that's, I feel like super cool and super unique. And you kind of found something that's like, okay, this is different. This is something that a lot of people don't do. So how did you come up with that mashup idea? It was something that I'd always done. I, I played a lot in high school and college doing these bar gigs that were three or four hours, you know, for college kids or a bunch of, you know, whatever. And, you know, when you're playing a three or four hour set, that's a crap ton of songs. So it's like, how am I going to kill 30 minutes or whatever? And so we would just bang out those chords of All Star. It's like the same four chords and so many songs use them. And we would just like kind of riff off like me and my bass player, guitar player and see how many songs we could do for x amount of time and people always loved them live yeah. um, i don't know why it took me so long to figure out that that could be something that could work on TikTok. yeah but yeah i, I remember that first one i was like well let's just play that all-star beat and let's just let's do what i've always done and, and see if people dig it and that was like that was the first video i had that like really really popped off so yeah. i was like oh pe people like this and this is fun it's something i enjoy and yeah and so for those people listening who are not sure what i'm talking about Tell, to just tell them real quick kind of what the the mashup is. Yeah, so a mashup is like play a song and sing as many songs as you can over that beat. Or, you, I mean, you can mash up two songs, four songs, six songs, whatever, just kind of what works together. So for me on TikTok, I'll play like a minute's worth of a beat of a song or something and try to usually fit like, you know, six to eight songs in there that 
kind of flow and I don't know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not good, but they're always fun. When you go into them, is it always, do you have an idea of the six, seven, eight songs that you're going to do, or do you just kind of go off the top of your head, or how does that work? Uh, Usually it's just, it's play the beat, and let's just kind of see what comes. Okay. Yeah. I guess you've done it so much that things just kind of pop in your head. Yeah, yeah, and I just, for some reason, and it was such a useless skill before like TikTok, like I can recall a lot of songs, and I can think of a lot of different like genres worth of songs or whatever so they just kind of like come to me and i'll do a country song i'm like i don't want to do another country song let's go to like a eminem song or something and i mean sometimes it works sometimes you know yeah no that's one of the things that i feel like is super cool about them because it keeps you on your toes you're like i have no idea what's coming next i think i saw one the other day where you had like bring them out and then you know you have all different kind of genres like you said which is uh super cool so let's kind of go back a little bit into your decision to kind of go full-time with country music. You went to UNC Chapel Hill and you were playing a lot of music there. Was it then or was it in high school or when was the ri- the time where you're like, I know this is something that I'm actually going to pursue full-time? I, I had always known I really liked doing it. I'd always taken it really seriously and had always made it a big priority in my life. You know, more than sports, more than anything was music starting, you know, in high school. Yeah, I still wanted to go to college. I wanted that experience. I wanted the friends. I wanted to go to the football games, basketball games, all that stuff. Have Carolina break my heart a million times, which, you know, we got a championship, so it's okay. Um, But, you know, I wanted that experience. And musically, I wasn't ready to move to Nashville after high school. I just, some people are. I needed time to really work on my performance craft and and get better at entertaining and all that stuff. So I, I guess like the definitive moment, I was doing one last internship up in New York, summer after junior year of college. Was not good at it. What were you doing? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Writing think, songs at my desk. That's a lot of internships, I think. <laughs> yeah. Great people, but uh, yeah, it, it was not for me. And I think it was like the first day I sat down at my desk and started doing stuff. I was like, yeah, I really just want to like write songs right now. So at that moment, I was like, well, obviously we'll do what we said we were going to do. We'll finish out this summer, but you know, I'm 100% moving to Nashville and, and doing the thing after I graduate. What do you think gave you the confidence that you had the ability to do it? Like you played music in high school, you played music in college, and I have no idea what kind of fan base, you know, you, you started to accrue in college, if you will. But how did you know that this was something that you actually had an ability to do and you actually had the, the skill required to, you know, actually grow and make it big? It, it kind of two things. I mean, there is like artists and stuff and like somebody like you who's an entrepreneur who does something kind of different outside of the box um you know you get it it's kind of inside us that like we have to do that there's really there's no plan b there's nothing else that really makes us as happy as that so you have to go chase it um so that was probably the biggest part of it you know we would play in these bars and there would be lines out the door and stuff and and granted we were playing a lot of covers and stuff but like people were actually excited to come out and see us play and you know I got better at learning how to interact with the crowd kind of as my college years went on and it it, it was just kind of a feeling and I had a lot of really really awesome friends and family that supported me through the whole thing even when I sucked to you know give me the confidence to keep doing it and get better but yeah got to the point where by senior year it was you know I I think you know I still got to work on this writing stuff a bunch I still gotta you know keep developing and, and keep working on it but it feels like just how these shows feel, it feels like this is something that 
that could be a thing. No doubt. No doubt. I could, I definitely relate. Like you said, it's just one of those things within you that you kind of know that you have to do. Cause I've, I moved to Nashville and uh, immediately had a job and as a recruiter with a, with a recruit, with a recruiting agency. And I was, I was, I was doing it for two weeks and I was like, yeah. what the hell am I doing? I was yeah. like, I need to go do this other thing. And, and so I did that. Um, to kind of make a little transition. I think I'm always fascinated by the people that I interview because a lot of people that I interview are entrepreneurs or do, like you said, do a little bit of something different, are musicians, whatever, are athletes. And I think everybody has and finds their creativity mm-hmm. in a little bit of a different way. And so obviously you have to do songwriting, you come up with the mashups and stuff like that. So going talking kind of songwriting in particular, you write some songs about parents, you have you know, a, a new one on your parents. How do you kind of enter a songwriting session or prepare for a songwriting session? The cool thing about songwriting is it, it keeps you constantly entertained because every single write is different. Every yeah. session is different. Every dynamic between writers is different. You know, generally you want to come in the room with some sort of idea or feel, or maybe you've started a couple lines of something or haven't, you know, whatever. You want to come in with something to at least kind of bring to the table to throw out in the room and usually when you get in the room it's with two to three other people and you all kind of talk a little bit you know you shoot shit for a little bit and hang out and then all kind of throw out ideas and what we're feeling and stuff and usually i'm the artist in the room so a lot of times we'll be writing for me and so you kind of gotta tell them the direction that you want to go in what kind of song you're missing all that stuff and then we you kind of land on something that feels the best that you think would have the most potential. And a lot of the times it's not my idea. It's something yeah. that somebody else says and you kind of piggyback off of that. Um, you never really want to go in with, I have to write this song today. The, the best moments are when you kind of take it in a direction that just is right for the room. So yeah, man, and it's crazy that every session is different, but you always come out of there with a song. You come out of there with something. And yeah. a lot of times it, it really sucks, but sometimes yeah. it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the, the volume with which you have songwriting sessions is just bound that some are going to be good, some are going to be bad. Yeah. Is there a time that you feel like most creative? Like if you're going to a songwriting session and you know, like I want my juices flowing, it's like I need to make sure I get a good night sleep the night before. I need to make sure I have some quiet time before. I need to make sure I have a cup of coffee before. Is it like, is there anything in particular that you feel like you need to do in order to step into your creative genius, if you will? I I write best in the morning, um, usually in like the 10 to 11 range. I I really don't like writing at night. I'll do it sometimes, but I'm just drained by then. 90% of the time I have to work out before I write just to get a sweat and get that out of the way. I always have coffee. I usually have coffee when I write. Funny enough, kind of sometimes the best writing sessions I've had is when I've been hung over just because I'm not thinking about it. Not, and I, I'm not hung over every day. I, I don't do that a lot. But um, just kind of anything to like, whether it's a workout or whether it's just your mind kind of not being so, I have to write a really good song today. Because yeah. when you do that, then you put the pressure on it. And I'm, I'm really bad at that. So I usually try to do things before that take my mind off it, whether it's working on other music stuff, on, on social media stuff, whatever, just not trying to like stress out about it right too much. Yeah. Has there ever been a performance where you feel like you learn the most from, whether it was like a bad performance, a good performance, or just anything, any performance in general that you felt like you learned the most from that was like, oh my gosh, like I need to make sure I do that or I don't do that? That is for sure. Especially in those college days, man, You everything goes wrong. Yeah. And I mean, we had a bass player go to the hospital and just, we could go on and on about this. <laughs> um, but Probably the one I learned the most from 
it was the Tin Pan Songwriters Festival two years ago. I got to be a sub in a round with um, Victoria, my producer, who's written, you know, Garth Hits and John Michael Montgomery, Eric Church, that stuff. Um, Jeff Steele, who, you know, is an all-time legend. If you look him up, just so many hits. Desmond Child, who wrote Living on a Prayer, Dude Looks Like a Lady, all these legendary songs. And I'm up there. I don't even think I had released a song yet. And I'm up there in this round. And that was, that was just really cool for me. One, from just a confidence-building standpoint, being like, okay, I, I, can, I can at least do this on this stage. But it was more just like listening to how they talk to the crowd and how it, like they create more of a we're all just kind of chilling in this room together as opposed to I'm the artist, this is the audience. It's more of like... So you were actually, like, the singer-songwriter around, you were one of the singer-songwriters oh, yeah. with them? Yes. Okay, yeah, it yeah. It was yeah. freaking terrifying. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, how did, like, we're... Actually, before I asked how it came about, um, so if they... If one of the things that they taught you was try to make it less that you're making doing a performance and make it more that you're hanging out with them in a room, what are the yeah. different things that you can do in order to create that kind of environment for those watching? You know, you you make jokes, you kind of take a more laid back approach. You you're real with them. You yeah. tell them, you know, the real authentic story behind the song you're playing, or you you know maybe point out some tables and talk to them. Like I like doing that a lot. Um, and like cover gigs, like I take requests a lot and I single people out and I'm talking like, hey, where are you from? What do you, you know, what do you do? And it's like creates a little moment and it creates a moment for everybody else that like, oh, this dude's here to hang out. And I think that has kind of, I guess, fed into my social media thing of just like showing everybody my authentic self because yeah. authenticity in, in music, you know, 99% of the time that wins and that's the way to go because people can tell when you're not being real. No, I think that is super key in whatever it is that you're doing performance-wise. Like, I know that, like I was teaching, I was telling you, I was teaching fitness classes earlier today and there was like a specific moment kind of towards the end of class, probably 10 minutes to go and I could tell everybody was just like white. They were just yep. super exhausted and I like changed my voice to just being like chill, not like yelling or anything like that. Yep. And I like made like a small like stupid joke and everybody like you know smiled and everything yeah. like that and then i also last week went to david spade's stand-up comedy at zany's which oh, was awesome yeah. and there were and he, you know they would do the same thing they would yeah. just they would call out somebody in the crowd make fun of them and then there was like a siren that went off outside and he made a joke about that i just i do really believe that there is something to that and whatever it is that you're performing you want to make everybody else feel comfortable yeah. that you're just hanging out with them and that you're on the same level as them if you will we're going to take a brief pause in the interview really quickly because if you're somebody who is looking to achieve a fitness goal or maybe you lack motivation to get into the gym you lack some structure in your in your weekly routine or maybe you've been wanting to get back into the fitness game and get back to maybe your weight loss goal or whatever goal it is and you're not really quite sure how if that sounds like you my 10-week program is for you because i help everybody set a very specific goal then we create a very specific strategy of the two or the three things that we need to do every single week that we believe are going to make us successful with our overall goal. And that will help you execute and it will help you hold you accountable every single week. So you do the things that you kind of know you should be doing, but you're, you're not quite doing them right now. And that's what I've done with hundreds of people over the past 365 days, over the past a little over a year. And I want you to make sure that you are part of it as well and enough for me i want you to hear from the people who have done it in the past what they've got out of it and, and why they did it in the first place so here you go 
I cannot say enough good things about Nick's 10 week program. I have always been somebody who has worked out but never really had a fitness goal. If anything I really wanted to achieve, it was more so just to stay in shape. And Nick does a great job of helping you not only define the goal, but also realize what steps you need to take to get there. Tomorrow, as of my weigh-in week nine, I hit my goal of losing 25 pounds in 10 weeks. Just the whole methodology of the program, with it being one big goal, followed by some smaller goals to help me reach that big goal, and then the weekly commitments to help me reach those smaller goals. During these times, it's helped strengthen my mental health and strengthen my focus and really made sure to hold me accountable to my goals. I'm so happy that I was able to hit the goal and uh, so much so that I decided to do another 10 weeks with Nick. I would recommend it to anybody, no matter what your goals are, if it's weight loss, if it's running a shorter mile, if it's anything you would like to achieve, I think that this program gives you the tools to set yourself up for success. But one of the biggest benefits for me, and the biggest takeaway I had was one I wasn't necessarily set out to improve upon, and that was building more self-confidence and really instilling self-accountability. The program was great. Um, I'm doing it again a second time to continue my weight loss, and I just can't recommend it enough. So again, guys, if you lack motivation, if you lack structure, if you want to get back into your fitness game, but you're not really sure how, then I want you to make sure you go to nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs to learn more. For now, let's get back to the interview. Exactly, because, you know, at the end of the day, you are. Yeah. You know, you're a person. Just because you're up on the stage doesn't make you any more special or anything. And people want somebody they can approach and fits. Yeah, everything you said. So if you were on stage with how did that come about? So uh, Victoria Shaw is my publisher and producer right. and, and has been since I um, since I got to town. I think, I forget who the other act was supposed to be, uh, but they canceled day of. I think they had gotten like stuck in mm -hmm. Scotland or something crazy like that. Um, and she just called and she's like, I, I know this is crazy, um, but can you, do you think you can do this? And I was like, I mean, no, I don't really think I can do it, but I'll do it. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. She knew I was available and not busy that night. But yeah, it was, that was cool. A really, really cool experience and cool of her to kind of throw me in the fire like that. And that's kind of been her philosophy with me and it's really worked. And I, I, I completely am a firm believer in that being thrown into the fire like that allows you to just learn at such a quick level. Yeah. You know, it just allows you to learn so much faster than you would if you were the one who were just, who just had the choice to jump into that because like you would hold yourself back. You wouldn't maybe do something like that until another couple of years down the road because somebody is almost, you know, quote, forcing you. And obviously you had the end say whether or not you stepped on there. But when you're thrown into the fire, you have the ability to learn at such a quicker pace Absolutely. than anything else. Well, it's like, it's like fitness. It's like being an athlete. You do not get better unless you push yourself out of a comfort zone. And so, mm -hmm. you know, really in any profession, you got to do it every single day, every single opportunity you can, or, you know, you don't want to stagnate. That's the only way to grow. Yeah. And, and I follow a guy named Ed Milet. And one of the things that he says is you kind of rise or fall to the temperature of the people around you. And so like, you know, if those people who have been in the game for such a long time and they maybe live at a higher temperature than you in this space, if you're going to be around them, then you're going to learn things or you're going to perform at a level that's kind of gets closer and closer to them. And same thing with people who are worse than you. And with fitness, it's like, 
find a workout partner who is a little bit better than you. Yeah. Find a workout partner who maybe can lift a little bit more or can push themselves a little bit harder because you're going to only improve and gradually get closer and closer to their level. Yeah, it's probably hard for you to find somebody. That <laughs> uh, there, there's, there's, there's plenty. There's yeah. plenty. With, with fitness, I'm, I'm, I'm good at like almost like all things, but I'm, I'm not necessarily great at one particular thing. Yeah. Um, so I can find them. I can find them, yeah. no doubt. No doubt. Um, in regards to in regards to that, surrounding yourself around people, uh-huh. is there any one person or any one time that, or I guess really any one person that you feel like you've learned the most from and that you've got a big lesson from? With music, it would be Victoria, for sure. She really took a chance on me kind of before you know, before I had developed a lot as a writer. So what she did is, is we signed this deal and we've been partners ever since. But from the beginning, she was putting me in rooms with hit writers. And I was writing with her and, you know, Rivers Rutherford, who's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, Gary Burr, Kent Blasey. I mean, these legendary writers. And I'm like, like, oh my God, these people can, I just, I can't even imagine. But being in those rooms kind of from the get-go, um, it, you just, you just do it and you just kind of make it work and figure out how to navigate and how to learn and kind of bounce off of these great writers. And, you know, I was lucky that they were all very nice and receptive to me and weren't like, oh, we're writing with this, this freaking kid. Um, they were all really cool about it, which made it a lot easier. But, you know, that combined with, you know, her also having this philosophy of go out and make this buzz yourself. You know, we can try to chase a deal or chase all of this stuff but none of that is going to be as good as it can be if you don't make the noise yourself uh, which led me to get on the so pretty much meaning gain build a fan base yourself and that's what really kind of led me to get on social media was that mindset because you know you look from a record company's perspective which every musician wants to get a record deal at some point are they going to invest in somebody that has nothing going on and if they do invest in somebody that has nothing going on, are they going to try to kind of steer the ship a lot more, take a little more control, maybe not put you out quite as fast because you need that development time? Whereas if you bring in this huge fan base, if yeah. you bring in this traction you have going on, then you know maybe it's more of a adding fuel to the fire instead of just like taking over the whole machine and all that stuff. So. She's kind of implanted that philosophy in me of just do as much as you can independent, and when the right thing comes along, um, it kind of will. And that's just kind of been another throw in the fire thing, and just kind of figure it out and, and make it work. So, do you feel like that's something that maybe a lot of people aren't preached to enough, like in regards to trying to like taking responsibility for building your own fan base? Like, are, are a lot of singer songwriters out there who are trying to grow are they relying on getting a deal or are they relying on other people promoting them and stuff like that is that like a big thing that a lot of people are doing wrong and i can't speak for anybody else um but i just know me when i moved to town i was like i'm going to do whatever it takes to get a record deal i want a record deal you know my goal was not you know connect with fans as much as possible it wasn't write the best songs possible it wasn't any of that when i first moved here it was I want a record deal, which is, is why is it a record deal? Why is that the right goal? It's just, it, it always is kind of like the Mecca. What you always hear you need to do as a musician, you know, get a record deal and you think they're going to put you on the radio. You think you sign a record deal. They're going to make your career. 
and you know you just have to worry about singing and and writing and all that stuff where it's really like you you have to work harder than anybody else is going to work for you and that's kind of what the independent mindset for me has done and it has shifted my focus to you know how can i connect with fans more how can i write better songs how can i write things that mean something to people as opposed to just get the record deal all this follows it's more we build it up over here and then a record deal if and when that comes uh, follows after that kind of change tones a little bit i know that you know being a young artist and and doing your own thing like you said you have to put a lot of work and you have to put the grind in order to try to build your fan base and, and you're working a ton what do are things that you do to make sure you don't get too absorbed in that and you're still you know you have a girlfriend that you're still making sure that you're um, giving enough time to your relationships, you're giving enough time to your health, and you work out a lot. Yeah. Um, and how do you make sure that you kind of keep all those things organized and in check? Fitness is is probably other than girlfriend and friends. <laughs> <laughs> we would have edited it out if you got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, spending time with girlfriend is obviously, you know, the biggest thing, and finding time to hang out with her throughout the day and at night and all that stuff is very valuable to me. Keeps me sane and. She's awesome, and I love her. So you know, it all it all works out. Fitness is another thing that I just I have to do it every day. I can maybe take a day off on the weekends, but if I don't work out, I'm the worst. So I prioritize that. And if you know, if I have a busy day, you know, I and if I need to get up at 5:30 to go work out or something, then I will do that instead of sleep till a normal time and you know skip it and go about my day and stuff. Um, so that's been really important to me, been important to me since college. Also, like, I just, I like watching sports. Yeah. Like, I, I live for Carolina basketball and football, which sucks a lot of the time, but, <laughs> you know. Basketball better than football. So watching sports, like, I, I try to just, like, sit down and watch Sports Center for half an hour a day just because it's a nice escape. Yeah. You know, I do the, the Netflix and, you know, binge-watching series stuff yeah. like everybody else does. If I find a show, I try to make time to do that just – I try to keep my work as structured in seven to seven day yeah. and then all other hours just try not to think about it and just do other stuff. Yeah, I got you. So when it comes to improving your craft, what are the different things that you're like working on right now? Like what are the different things that you are practicing in order to get to the next level in order to improve? Is it like I need to make sure I got to really figure out more with my sound, like improve my voice. I need to interact better with the crowd. I need to become a better songwriter. Like what are the different things right now that you feel like you need to work on and that you need to practice in order to elevate in order to get to the next level? The short answer is all of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I need to work on my vocal technique to increase my stamina is a big thing I'm working on now, which is a lot of breathing and a lot of stuff that you don't really think about necessarily when you sing, but you have to train it. And, you know, I want to be a better writer and that just means kind of writing more and really, really focusing when I'm in those sessions and really kind of being intentional about where the song's going and kind of my role and all of that. And songwriting is just really something that gets better with practice and practice and practice. So just trying to do that more, trying to build a really, really cool live set, you know, now that I'm going out and I'm playing these venues and people want to hear originals and stuff, you know, how can I make this live show as cool, you know, one of the cooler shows in country music, you know, incorporate the mashup things, have yeah. these cool intros and outros and things going on in the set that you can't just get up there and play the songs. You have to kind of figure out how to make it a cool show moment. And that all takes time and planning and 
kind of strategizing and trial and error and a lot of rehearsal and stuff. So those are probably probably the big things. Um, you know, I still try to get better at the social media stuff every day. I try not to worry about it too much and just kind of be yeah. me. But there's always stuff you can do better on there. Yeah. Well, you're doing great. I loved having your uh, your your grandmas on on yeah. the other day. That one was super cool, oh, and I'm yeah, sure everybody absolutely cool. loved that. Um, <laughs> that's super cool. So, I want you to picture yourself two years down the road. Oh. Not that far. So it's not maybe not that hard to picture yourself. Um, but and I'm not going to ask you what your specific goals are for two years down the road. But like, imagine that you've achieved those goals. Imagine that you're playing the show, shows that you want to play. You're having sold out crowds. Um, you know, you, your songs are getting a ton of streams on Spotify, on, on iTunes, on all these things. What is, what are the habits that, that two year down the road version of yourself has, who has had those things? What habits does that person have that maybe you don't currently have? He would probably have that ability to kind of turn it off and relax a little bit more which sounds so counterintuitive because it's like you would have achieved all those things but you know i think part of what is holding me back in some instances in terms of you know writing better songs and stuff is just i'm still learning how to like we were talking about earlier turn it off and just kind of have less of a put so much pressure on myself mindset because i've always done that and that's just that's who i am take more of a enjoy the process really just kind of soak it in and just like be happy where you are always want to get better but be happy with what you're doing at the moment um i, I think for me to take that next step it's going to require that kind of mindset and ability which you know i'm working on every day so yeah what do you think is going to give you the ability to be able to get to that obviously it's going to be like it's not like at, at 27 it's not like two years down the road you're gonna have it mastered but yeah. what do you feel like you need to do between now and then to allow you to get to that place of being able to turn it off um, and and not just be so on? I think there are, you know, a ton of little things you can do, you know, like literally plotting time in the day to sit and whether it's meditate or whether it's, you know, have time with your faith or do all that stuff or just sit there and kind of reflect and just give yourself a pat on the back for five or 10 minutes a day. I think it kind of starts small like that. Mm -hmm. And you know, once you develop those really good habits, you can kind of grow those habits into more of that is the underlying mindset for the whole day as opposed to something that I had to think about doing all the time. Now it just kind of, that happens naturally and it's kind of intertwined with everything I do. Yeah, well, cool, man. Well, before I ask the last question, I just, I just want to acknowledge you because I really think it's, like I, I, like you said, you can't speak for other artists and I can't speak for other artists, but I think that you being able to have the ability to take responsibility for growing your own fan base and for trying to stand out, trying to be unique, trying to be authentically you on social media, I think it obviously stands out and it's gained traction for a reason. I think the mashups, you know, just that's one part of it. But I think that, like having your grandma on there, having your parents on there, like all that is super, super cool and it's what people can relate to. Like you said, it's the thing that allows you to step on stage and allow other people to feel like they're just hanging out with you rather than you're on stage and you're at a higher level than them. And so I think you're just doing an awesome job by just being super authentically you at this point when you're so young. Well, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. Glad people are noticing. You know, it's not, it's not all for nothing. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Well, if you guys don't follow follow Cooper yet, then you make sure you go to uh, his Instagram, Cooper Allen Music, and TikTok at Cooper Allen One, and then you can find his website at CooperAllenMusic.com as well. 
Um, is there any other place that people should go to learn more about you and to follow you and support you? I think that that sounds about right. Go buy tickets if I come to your city. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the big thing right now. Yeah, I was I was looking at your your shows a couple of days ago, and I, I'm I'm looking to see if I might be able to go to one. I think you're there. You play at Thurn Lindsley maybe in later yeah. in June or something uh-huh. like that. I was like, maybe I can make that work. Hell yeah, we got to sell tickets to that show. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's a cool venue. But um. All right, man. Well, last question. I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is a constant journey. I don't think we're ever at that best version of ourselves, but I also think it's a very unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little, little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to that best version of yourself, to get closer to that best version of Cooper Allen that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Be more in the moment, be more present, sleep better. <laughs> and, you know, this is, this is so, st- I just gave you like three shanks, but stretch more. I think I need to stretch more because my body is starting to hurt. I run too much and I don't stretch enough. <laughs> I think I just shanked those. That's amazing. That's made those. Those are three good ones, man. I need to, I need to stretch more as well for sure. On a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think the uh, I think the first two are really good. The third one maybe you know yeah. might have been a little bit shank. No, <laughs> I've re- awesome stuff, dude. Gooper, a ton of fun, man. Dude, appreciate you coming. Thank out. you, dude. Really appreciate you, man. Mad respect of everything you're doing. Big fan. What a guy. The way that Cooper was so calm, cool, and collected during the interview is the exact same way he's on stage. Okay, maybe not the exact same because he brings the house down. He always brings the energy, but he's able to connect with his audience so well and make it feel like they're just hanging out with him rather than that they're seeing this great performer. Be sure you share this episode with a friend or family member and make sure you rate it and review it on the iTunes and Apple Podcast app as well. And if you're interested in having that daily, weekly, and monthly planner that gives you the confidence that you're always getting closer to your best you, then go to go.nickcarrier.com slash the best journey planner. Again, go.nickcarrier.com slash the best journey planner. I loved learning about how Cooper came up with the ideas for his mashups. I loved hearing how intentional he tries to be with bringing his authentic self to social media and to the stage. His realness, his humor, and his amazing talent is going to take him so far and I cannot wait to continue to watch him grow. One of the questions I asked Cooper was to picture yourself two years down the road and you've accomplished your goals. What are the habits that the future you has that you don't currently have? I repeat this question because it's such a worthwhile question. We can all ask ourselves this question and and you can ask yourselves right now, like I'm sure you could come up with one thing that the future better version of yourself continually does on a habitual basis and you can start doing that right now. And if you start acting on it and if you start making those pivots, then you can start getting closer and closer to your best you. You.